Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm delighted to be broadcasting from Les Dames d'Escoffier Conference in Newport Beach, California, here with Natasha McCaller. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you so much. This is brilliant. Thank you, and I am so excited about your two books, Vanilla Table, and then the Spice Heroes, Health Spice Health Heroes. Yes, Spice oh. Health Heroes. It is a mouthful. I had to practice it quite a bit to be able to say it without mumbling it all together. Oh, well, I took a peek at Vanilla Table, and I have to say this one recipe really jumped out at me that I think I'm going to serve for Thanksgiving, and that is your butternut soup shooters yes Yes, the butternut squash (laughs) shooters made with vanilla and caramelized onions vanilla caramelized onions it's so delicious and it's so simple you can make it ahead of time put it in little shot glasses or any sort of glass you want to celebrate using at, at the holidays we always get out some of our better our better um cutlery and glassware and dinnerware and just serve it. it it'll make as many as you like 20, 60, if you have a really big family. And and this is, it's just beautiful. So it definitely, I'm going to have a link to her books on the website, listeners and viewers. But let's first start talking about vanilla. First of all, what inspired you to even write and explore vanilla? Well, being a pastry chef by trade, I've always loved vanilla. I've actually loved vanilla in my first career as a uh, classical ballerina. And I had vanilla perfume that I put, I dab on my wrists and, and my and my shoulders before I would go out um, to do a performance. It always was very relaxing. It's just it's such a beautiful, haunting, enchanting scent. And I had the opportunity to go to a vanilla plantation um, owned by a small New Zealand family. And their plantation is located in Tonga where they work with a Tongan family and it was such an extraordinary experience I was captivated by vanilla and it 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 linked through my whole life and and pastry people love vanilla we love working with vanilla but this book has 33 contributing chefs who also all love vanilla and but we've used it in so many ways sweet and savory it's not just a baking book it's got everything in it Well, let's take a step back to the plantation of vanilla. What does that look like? How does it grow? Uh, could you take us, walk us through that? Certainly. It's, uh, it's an orchid. It's, it's one of the, it's, it's the only edible orchid. The pod is edible. Um, most orchids, there's thousands of varieties of orchids. And this one has a fruit or, called a pod or we call a vanilla bean in America and it just these vines just grow everywhere and this this particular plantation Halala vanilla they grow it on coconut uh, husk pods and and frames and it's uh, 
it's it's very expensive because it has to be pollinated by hand. A very teeny tiny toothpick inserted at just the right time of day, only in the morning when the flower blossoms, you have to pollinate it. And if you don't, the flower withers and dies and you don't get a vanilla pod. This is just fascinating. I have a whole new appreciation for my little jar of vanilla. And speaking of the different types of vanilla, I've, I've heard of Madagascar, Mexican vanilla. What distinguishes each flavor? Well, that's, uh, that's a bit of a complex but easily answered questions. There, there's two primary types of vanilla. There's vanilla planifolia and vanilla tachinesis, or Tahitian vanilla. And those, uh, those are the two varieties, bourbon vanilla, Mexican vanilla. Uh, those are all um, the, they're all the same type of vanilla. And then the, the Tahitian vanilla has different qualities. It's very light and airy, and it's better for creams and angel food cakes and, and delicate things, delicate fruits. And the, the bourbon vanilla, uh, the, the Mexican vanilla, it, it depends, uh, the flavor pr profile de depends on how it's cured. There are different oh. ways of curing it. You can, you can air dry it, you, you sweat it, you can air dry it. Some of the, the varieties um, in South America and Mexico, it's dried near a hearth, so it gets these smoky overtones. So there's so many varieties, and different chefs like different vanilla for different reasons. This is just fascinating. You have a collection of recipes from chefs, including yourself, in yes. vanilla table, so you can introduce vanilla to your table in such a creative and delicious and I would think fragrant way yes. as well. Yes. <laughs> so at the plantation, do, do the flowers, I mean, does it smell like vanilla when you're walking along the plantation? No, okay. it does not. There is no smell until oh. after it's cured. It looks like a green bean and it has no scent whatsoever. Only on the, because of the curing process, you get this absolutely enchanting scent that, that just travels through the breeze, the tropical breezes all over, and it just, I just can't get enough. Oh, so I wonder how they discovered that if you heat up or cure this green bean, uh, that it turns into vanilla. What is the history of that? Well, the, the myth and probably the logic is that in Mexico, where vanilla uh, originated from, it was uh, the, it's the only country to this day that vanilla is is pollinated by a bee, the Meloponia bee, and so myth has it and logic has it that a vanilla bean was pollinated and it ripened and it fell to the ground and and then as it cured in the heat and the humidity of Mexico, it release this gorgeous fragrance and people thought oh my goodness what can we do with this we can wipe it on our bodies we can put it in our food and and that's that i believe is where it it originated oh well this is beautiful and a great compilation and vanilla table and next let's talk about spice and the heroes the health heroes so the spice is on the forefront and we're hearing more and more about the health benefits what inspired you to write this book this book was inspired by my love of spices. Vanilla, of course, is a spice. And so it was, it was a logical segue to, to get more involved with spices. And I've always loved working with, with certain spices that just the smell, you can, you inhale and you either get excited or you're calmed or, or you just, you can't get enough of it. Cumin, for, for one thing, when it's toasted, it's just, oh, what's that smell? It's just, 
gorgeous, and and I I can't get enough of the cumin either. <laughs> Look at this vanilla and cumin. Um, and I have chosen uh, 30 spices. It started at four, and then it grew to 30, and I had to stop there, or I wasn't we wouldn't be able to lift the book. And just talking about studying the myths, the history, the origins of these different spices, the history, the bloody wars that happened over some of these spices like peppercorn and cloves and cardamom. They were, they were thought um, in hundreds of years ago that they were thought to cure the plague. And so these, these spices were fought over by different countries. And, and yet in Ayurvedic medicine, Indian medicine, turmeric, for instance, and a lot of the spices that grow in, in, in India and, and the southern um, uh, islands, uh, these, these were used as medicine. Um, spices were used as medicine. They weren't used, they were used, of course, as flavoring, but they had, uh, it, it, was, it was your folk medicine. And we're discovering today, um, first of all, some, some of the spices, some of the, the compounds in spices are used in, in some of our medicines. Turmeric, for instance, one of the compounds is used in Tylenol. It's an analgesic and anti-inflammatory. Uh, and there's, there's actually a Olympic team in Australia that is using turmeric instead of Tylenol because you can have as much turmeric as you want because it's not a drug. It's a spice. It's a food. And no harm done on your liver. No, no harm done. Okay. It actually helps your liver, as does peppercorn. As it's, it's just been a fascinating, exciting study. And joining me are 21 chefs who have contributed one recipe, plus eight medical doctors who are on excited about integrating good food into their patients' meals and using spices to add nutrition and flavor and interest so you don't have to use as much salt. You don't have to use as much sugar. But this book is just about celebrating spices and then learning a little bit about the advantages. Have a little more cinnamon on your latte. That's going to help with blood sugar. It's just, it's a flavorful, fascinating study. Oh, this is great. Now, what surprised you most about a spice? Was there a spice that you were like, wow, I had no idea I did that? Oh my goodness, where do I begin? There are, there are so many. Uh, I would say peppercorn is probably, it's talked about a lot, as is turmeric. Peppercorn actually it's a beautiful flavor. It's beautiful toasted. Use peppercorn in lots, the black peppercorn. Use that in a lot of your food because it helps uh, it helps the absorption of the other nutrients of the other spices. So combine, combine uh, turmeric. Add some peppercorn to that. Add some peppercorn to your to your nutmeg. Add some peppercorn, and that helps with the absorption, and and it tastes great. That is amazing. So when the the server comes around the table and asks if you would like some pepper, the answer is yes. Yes, please, <laughs> most certainly. Oh, so of these, I'm just so curious about some of the recipes and spices. So you highlighted how many spices again was it? Thirty spices. Wow. And uh, you mentioned turmeric and, of course, pepper. What, what was another spice? Energy spice. I, I, you know, I turned to this page <laughs> intentionally. What spice is going to give us energy and why? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, well, your chilies. 
okay. your chilies, your jalapenos, all of those spices. It helps. Um, what it does, you get that that heat sensation. It, mm. believe it or not, people say, "Oh, I've had too much chili and my stomach hurts." Chili can actually help with your digestion. It helps open the blood vessels, the capillaries, in order for the for the the blood to to flush through yes. and and help your body digest. Another digestive one is hibiscus. Oh. Hibiscus, um, Flor de Jamaica, and it, it was it's a flower, a beautiful flower, uh, found uh, originated in South America, mm-hmm. and they use it a lot in their in their juices and it, the bright color. You get the beautiful um, uh, flavor and anthocyanins, and it also helps with, and what with is, the liver. What's an anthocyanin? I'm sorry. Um, an anthocyanin. <laughs> And, and anthocyanin is found in, in the darker fruits, the blackberries, the black currants, anything red, purple, and that's good brain food. Oh. It, it's helpful to, to your, your brain and your, and your circulatory system. Yeah. And hibiscus helps to um, uh, divert the fat from going to the liver and going through the body. So it's, it's often used in folk medicine as a, as not a diuretic, but to help flush. If you've had too much fat, you've had too much chocolate or butter, my favorite, have it with some hibiscus, hibiscus tea. Yes. And it's, how do you use the hibiscus? I mean, if, uh, is it the flower itself or how does cooking with a hibiscus work? <laughs> uh, you tend the the primary way is is it's a it's the calyx so it's the it's kind of the flower bud of the hibiscus it's and it's only a particular type it has to be the red one you can't pick it out of your garden and it's just get it at the at the shop it can be found in in mexican south american stores with ease jamaican um that that whole the grenadines the caribbean Mm -hmm. it's 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 used in a lot of that food and uh dried and you then you can crush it or you can blitz it in a little grinder and then you can add it to um uh, i do a hibiscus crusted shrimp with hibiscus and citrus lime and lemon and orange zest and hibiscus and you crust it with a little bit of breadcrumbs and you just pan fry it and i serve it with a reduction of all of those uh, on a little bit of cantaloupe and it's absolutely delicious this just sounds like a delicious collection for any foodie friend. Um, I'll make sure I have links, but I have to ask, and, and it sounds like you're cooking a bit more savory these days, but has studying these spices, has that influenced you in your pastry making at all as a pastry chef? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love adding different spices. I've got a little, um, I've got a pumpkin pie now on the, on the menu in one of the restaurants I work in in South Seoul. And I add a little bit of turmeric to that. It increases the color. It's got this lovely flavor and you're adding a little bit of health benefit as well as all of the lovely spices, the fresh ginger and the nutmeg and the cloves and the cinnamon. This sounds great. So I always like to end the show with three tips you could give to the home chef. Uh, probably in pastry making, I would think, and, and pastry making with spices. So what would your three tips be? Taste taste your food. Make okay. sure that um, more is not necessarily better. Okay. Of cinnamon, for instance, if you add too much cinnamon, it has a coagulating effect, and it can make, and I've, I've made that mistake. I made some scones, and I used a lot of cinnamon because I loved it, and they just turned into this glob. So understand <laughs> understand that that too much can be too much but 
fresh ginger. Mm -hmm. Use your spices. Use the spices you love. Make your own blends. Make make things that are that are really flavorful that excite you and and make you want to come back for more. Oh, I love that. And get other great tips and recipes from Chef Natasha on her in her books. Thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. Oh, and thank you, dear foodie friends. Continue to follow the fun in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.